Own Your Power, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and healing in the afternoon of life with your hosts and soul-centered co-founders, Ariella and Baruch Halevi. Welcome to the Soul Centered Podcast. I am Baruch Halevi. I am here with Ariella, and we are today talking to you about what it means to take a soul vacation, to vacate your usual rhythms and routines, to move into some soul care, rest and restoration. And we're doing it right now in August 2021. Why? Because August is, maybe you didn't know, National Wellness Month. Hey, Ariella, we are not in the same location for anybody listening. I am in Omaha, Nebraska. She is in Denver, Colorado, and we are doing this through Zoom. Hi there. Um, so welcome again, everyone, to Om Your Power, a podcast brought to you by Soul Centered. And we are a spiritual center for anyone seeking meaning, purpose, and healing in the afternoon of life and beyond. And uh, again, I am Ariella Halevi, and I am your co-founder of Soul Centered. And yeah, let's dive in because, you know, the truth is, is that August being, you know, the month of vacations, really, the month of letting go of routines and obligations and expectations of life and going out into exploration and self-care and relaxation. And so it is kind of coincidental that, or maybe not, that August is National Wellness Month. Um, I think our conversation today is really about like, why is just this one month, this awareness of wellness and how do we vacate our our responsibilities and our shoulds and our obligations every day in order to live a life of wellness. Yeah. I mean, I have mixed feelings about sometimes when we um, have these national days or months on the one hand, like you're describing, because we should have this integrated holistically into our lives. And on the other hand, we all know that I think the reason why this is in the month of August is because our rhythms revolve around school and work. And now the summer is coming to an end. So people are taking vacations in the month of August. It's just the way it goes. And so thinking about as we go along through this, how can we create vacations to vacate, to leave our usual rhythms and routines at different points along the uh, in the calendar, not just August, but since we're in the month of August, it's just a good reminder. It is, it is. And it's, it is a, it's a reminder to start to explore how we can set up a life that we don't need a vacation from. And I think that's really the key is it's not about, and I've read a, I've read a great article the other day when I was kind of doing research for this. And it says that, you know, um, wellness doesn't mean taking a bubble bath and eating chocolate. And that's kind of the typical like woman thing. I'm going to go get a massage and I'm going to eat chocolate and I'm just not going to care about life. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, really like take a bath. And, and that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is creating a life around this idea that there, ha there needs to be moments of life where we vacate from 
our responsibilities. Yes, like you said, August is the month of vacation. So that's probably why it's National Wellness Month. But what if we created a a day-to-day mindfulness practice, a practice, which means that like I, I was talking to a friend and she said, for the first time ever, I'm sitting down and eating lunch every day where she usually eats it standing up. And that is a form of vacating, right? It's about really becoming more mindful of how to vacate the typical, all the responsibilities we have during the day. Right. And so since we like to challenge each other, let me just challenge one word you keep using, which I think understandably lots of people say this and think this, but I would say we're not vacating our responsibilities. I say we're fulfilling our responsibility to take a vacation, to vacate the rhythms, the routines, the rituals, the, the normal stuff that we do all day, every day. Part of, part of our responsibility is to step aside from all that, to take a breath. You know, in the Jewish tradition, in the Christian tradition, we have six days of doing, and then the Sabbath for Christians on Sunday, Jews on Saturday, the Shabbat of one day of being. And in some ways, you're only fulfilling your responsibility if you're doing and being. That's, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. I don't think most people look at it that way. I think most people, when you think of people and us included, when you think of like uh, pulling away from like vacating some of your, you, see, I think of it as how can I vacate some of my intense responsibilities where I am completely focused and running from one thing to the other? How can I vacate some of that so that my body can relax? So I see it as, a, I understand what you're saying, but I see it, and now we're going to challenge each other, as a little bit different where my brain can't go 24 hours a day. It needs to vacate and and release. Now, part of the problem is that a lot of us watch Netflix or do something mindless in order for us to vacate our responsibilities. I think our conversation is more about how can we mindfully vacate from the grind, Yes. And the grind and the doing and the obligations. But what I'm only saying is we've got to take back this word responsibility at a deeper level, because responsibility is something I'll never leave. Even if I'm off in the mountains in our trailer, we could talk about that. We bought a truck and we bought a trailer and we hit the road. And yet that's part of my responsibility as a integrated holistic example, human being to my kids right? To, if I'm going to walk this talk, I got to show them that a responsible person also leaves behind their obligations and the grind. That's a responsibility that I have of the ability to respond. And so just as we are already setting this up, thinking about what is it that we need to vacate, right? What is it that we need to go on a vacation from? Because we've seen it. We've taken our kids out into the woods. And if we have Wi-Fi, if we have cellular, some ways they're not vacating anything because they end up back on the screen, rinse and repeat the same thing they were doing down below, uh, you know, not in the mountains. Now they're doing up in the mountains. And we are also guilty sometimes of the same thing. Very true. Very true. I mean, I, I really, I, I agree with you. I think our vacations so our kids would prefer to go, prefer to be in Hawaii or Mexico. They made that very clear, specifically Hawaii. <laughs> For some reason, it's Hawaii this year. I think their friends are going to Hawaii. Our kids would prefer, they don't consider it a vacation. They don't consider vacating their lives when we go into the woods. 
they consider it a burden or a responsibility because they are still, they don't consider it a freedom, you know? So it's, an, 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 I mean, it, we could even play on these words, you know, the responsibility to, to find, to find freedom inside of your life. I mean, it is, I agree with you. It there, you have a, a calling. I think we all have a calling inside of us to, to respond to vacating your life. And our kids consider that vacation in Hawaii, where we have tried to show them that anywhere you go, no matter where you are, can be a vacation. Well, we went to um, Mount Rushmore on one of those um, trailer outings. And I saw something, I've seen it before, you all who are listening have seen it before too, where more people at Mount Rushmore were filming Mount Rushmore than actually at Mount Rushmore. They might as well have been watching it through Zoom um, at their homes, because when you're walking around and you have a video camera, now we all have one in our pocket in front of us, you're actually not in the experience. You're outside of the experience, watching it vis-a-vis a phone, a screen, and no judgment, but there was really no vacating. There was no vacation. They were just doing what they'd been doing all throughout COVID and recreating it now in a new place. And so you can be on a vacation, quote unquote, and not have left anything behind. True, which is what our problem has been is that, you know, even when you go trailer camping, you can still have Wi-Fi, right? So last summer during COVID, we didn't have a trailer. We went camping. Right. So we were, our, a couple of our kids were miserable, but, but that's to be expected. We went camping, tent camping, where there was no Wi-Fi. There was a huge lake and it was truly a vacation. Okay. Kind of, but this it part was. of the conversation, yes, except for you and I were working our butts off with food and, and packing in and packing out. And it was like, didn't feel like a vacation in some ways. Yes, but all, <laughs> so we're going to get into our little nitty gritty here. You can, one can argue that trailer camping is quite, uh, you know, is also not a vacation because and we've had issues with our trailer. Maybe we'll talk about our stories, but um, you know, you, you really, I think that what this comes to is that you and I personally have a hard time releasing and truly vacating and truly resting. So if you listening are listening to our dance and our marriage, <laughs> you're, what you're hearing are two people that have four children and have had a big, big, huge life and have the inner workings of somebody who feels, of, of people who feel like they always have to be on, whether it's in professional life or personal life or always having to fix something, always having to be doing something. So that is something that, that Baruch and I work on greatly. And what we learn from trailer camping and tent camping is, you know, maybe our kids are right. We should just be in Hawaii laying on a beach, not really our style, but it's really important to look at the reasons why we can't all slow down. Yes. And I guess that brings us back to um, National Wellness Month and August and the bigger picture. If, if, even if you're listening to this in September or whenever, it doesn't matter. It's becoming more mindful and intentional about where you are 
you know, when you're there, why you're there, what you're doing, paying attention to your life. Because as we said to one of our kids, who just kept hammering us about not being in Hawaii, what would you be doing in Hawaii that you're not doing now? And she couldn't answer it. She just put the magic place, the magic pill, something somewhere outside of herself. We all do that. And we say, I'll be happy if, I'll be happy when, I'll take a rest and fill in the blank. And we know that that's not really how it works. So it reminds me of this book that, and I think it became a movie that you and I read, I think when we were in our twenties and our son actually sitting next to me because our son was reading it over our vacation. And it's called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Really old, super great book. And to sum it up, because it reminds me of what you're saying, is this man, Dan Millman, seems to have it all. He's a gymnast. He's popular. He's got trophies. He's got a girlfriend. He, he, He runs. He goes and goes and goes. And he's rewarded for it right? He, he literally, he gets awards for all of the things that he's doing. And the problem is, is that he doesn't stop. And he continues to receive accolades from everything that he does outside of himself. And so the more he receives the goodness that he's receiving from the outside, the, the worse he feels on the inside. Why? Because he has taught himself and life taught him, him that his source of satisfaction comes from the outside. So what it causes on the inside is this need to do and to be and to be busier and busier and to be more, um, more like achievement focused until one day he meets this um, esoteric man, Socrates, right? And Socrates basically teaches him that in order, in order to find satisfaction and to truly find wellness, like if we're going to talk about wellness month, to truly find wellness, it starts from the inside out. And it's not about the awards he gets and the attention he gets on the outside and all the doing and the busyness. It's about the, the inner workings of his mind and his body and his soul. Um, we can, I mean, if you want to add to that, feel free. Um, I go through this with clients all the time and I use the analogy of a full cup and more often than not, my work with people is at least the beginning part is what I do in my, with myself is emptying the cup because if our cup is so full, there's nothing to receive. There's no capacity. We've all had that experience where we're just inundated by life. We're being hit in 27 different ways. And it's not that we can't deal with each issue separately. It's that when they come at us all at once and we are exhausted and we're frayed and we're scattered, we then start to make mistakes. We start to say things we don't mean. We start to do things we didn't intend. And that's when things unravel. And so part of it is just emptying our cup, making room so that we can do, Ariella, what you're talking about, which is Kabbalah. Kabbalah is not all that complicated. Kabbalah, likabel means to receive. It's the highest level of being to be able to receive. But in our 24-7 crazy world, it's very hard because we're so freaking full. Right. Which means that our minds are always working, right? The mind is not a bad thing, but when it, you know, Buddhists call it the monkey mind, when your mind is revved up and always full, like you said, it is filled with the stuff of this life worldly. Like I got to go here. I got to do this. I got to all of the things that we have on our list, which has grown exponentially in our social media world 
it will make somebody crazy. And one of the quotes from Dan Millman's book says, um, the, the moment that I found my inner peace, I lost my mind and I fell into my heart. And so this idea of wellness month is really this invitation to lose the fullness of your cup is to empty it and lose all of the stuff of the mind and the workings of this life and receiving goodness, like receiving the worthiness from the outside of you and filling up and falling into your own heart. And it doesn't matter where you go, whether it's Hawaii or whether it's a trailer park or whether it's your bedroom, um, it's about emptying the cup right? Vacating, to vacate, to empty, to not recreate our little life on in a trailer park or at Mount Rushmore or on Hawaii, because, you know, wherever you go, there you are. And you can do this work without actually ever leaving your home. You can do it during, we did it during COVID. We really didn't go anywhere. So it's really not about the context and what an interesting, I mean, it's been like literally 20 years since I read this book, but I do remember, or maybe it was the second book, um, he gives Dan an assignment and he basically makes him go out and come back with one extraordinary, original, important idea. And Dan goes and sits in meditation, like a day later comes back, gives him some, you know, profound nugget of, you know, insight, like you would read in a philosophy book. And Socrates keeps making him go back out there, out there and out there. And after like a few days or a week, Dan is broken. He's just been sitting there. He's been emptying. He's been working through getting out of his head into his heart. And finally he has this epiphany and he comes back and he says, I got it. What's your one nugget? And Dan says, there are no ordinary moments. I can't believe you remember that. (laughs) There are no ordinary moments. I think that was the name of his second book too. Um, But that's the point, right? Of breaking through all that noise, all the doing to get to down to there's now, and now is a miracle. Right. It's about mind. You know, you've heard the word mindfulness, just like you've heard the word wellness. And like, those are key words. They're pop culture words that we all use. But what Baruch is saying is like, what you're saying is like, it is about stripping away all of those things that we use to fill ourselves up, whether you use food or shopping or Netflix or, or, you know, just busyness is a form of mindlessness if you're not mindful about it. And what I think what it comes down to is being vulnerable. The, the way to open your heart and live in that moment. And then the next moment and the moment after that is to be absolutely vulnerable with what arises in that moment. And that doesn't mean that that moment is going to be filled with goodness. You know, some of our moments are filled with despair and filled with tragedy, but can you bring yourself to that moment instead of running away from it? Because most of us are quite scared of what is, what happens when we are vulnerable with our heart and a, a life of wellness, you know, instead of the month of wellness, a life of wellness is not about the outside perfection or the victories that we have. It's really about love. You know, like the, it always comes down to love and fear. And when we are on the outside of ourselves, trying to fill ourselves up from the outside in, we are most of the time in fear. Now, of course, we have to live in the real world. All of us need to pay our bills. We need to be responsible. And 
but the but when we get overly focused on the outside, we forget how to have wellness on the inside. And wellness on the inside is about love. It's about living with our heart, and that means loving. And it doesn't happen in August, and it doesn't happen in Hawaii. I mean, it can, but it also isn't dependent on that. In fact, I, I'm, if I see one more perfect, polished family Facebook vacation, I'm going to puke because we all know, and you know, we put our perfect little pa- uh, polished family Facebook pictures up there, but we yeah, all know. But I, I said that it wasn't perfect. I exactly. made sure to but say you, that they weren't perfect. But you know, it's not, it's not posturing. I'm just saying from a perspective of just all of us, because I talked, I counsel people all the time who create these perfect polished Facebook vacations and then they're massively disappointed or they feel like failures when they get there and it's raining or when they get there and you know, there's problems. And, but that's the point. That's what you're saying. It's learning how to stand in the storm, whether it's on the beaches of Hawaii or in your bedroom during COVID and learn how to be present and realize there are no ordinary moments. Like this is it, the moment you're in and to be able to access it, to feel it, to be present to it, to witness it, to experience it, right? That's how you find your way to wholeness. I kind of feel like we should call it National Wholeness Month. Not yeah, I mean, we have a picture um, in our notes and our sh- maybe we could put it in the show notes. It's like the wheel of uh, wellness, the wellness wheel or something like that. And it, it really is, you know, when you think of a wheel, it's a whole, it's a, it's, it's a whole, it's like, that is the idea of wholeness is to, is to fill up your heart with each moment, but within each moment, you have different pieces of that pie of that wheel. So you have, you know, you have your emotional wellness, you have your physical wellness, you have your mental wellness, you have your um, relationships, you have your work. Uh, they all go into that, that, whole, that idea of wholeness. And for a lot of all of us, you know, sometimes those things are out of balance. And again, it isn't about this month. It is about waking us up because living inside of our hearts, living inside of those moments means tending to those parts of the wheel that need to be tended to and, and, um, and given attention to some of them every single day, some of them once a week, but you know what happens when you don't tend to a relationship, you know, if you didn't feed your children, they would die. If you didn't tend to, if you didn't walk your dog or put him outside, he would poop in the house. I only, cause I'm staring at my dog. Like you have to tend to these certain things. That's the, that's the wheel. If you don't tend to them, they die out. And coming back to this idea of wellness, right? Tending to them, tending to yourself. Not just the, uh, keep going. So tending to all these things is so important. Part of, I, th- I think one of those things that we should talk about is releasing the busyness is that we, you know, we, we've said this before, Wayne Dyer says, you know, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. And part of tending to this wheel is to really focus on the idea that we are human beings, that we are not meant to go 24 seven. And I think some, something that, 
that uh, you and I have learned on these. We've taken four or five vacations over the last three months, maybe. And um, I think what we've learned is, you know, we have a couple trailer stories where we've learned that that being busy is a is 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 not a badge of honor. And most of our 30s and our early 40s were about wearing this badge of honor of if I'm busy, it means that I'm filling my wheel up, you know, that I'm worthy. And I think what you and I have learned over the last, you know, just living in the world, but especially in the last past summer, and maybe with COVID also, is that it's, and, and we're older, you know, as you get older, you get a little more tired, you need a little more rest. And I think the idea is like, you know, we weren't meant to be rats or hamsters running on a re on a wheel, like the wheel of wholeness means that we are human beings. And, and so we were, you know, out in the middle of nowhere and our trailer broke, broke down. And we've had many trailer breakdowns over the last, the past three months. And for us, it was just like this message that we weren't, that's the, that's our, our morning of life issues of pushing, pushing, and pushing. And how can you tap into the flow of life? That is when you can release busy and release overworking. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had a little technical difficulty, but, um, you know, that's an important point is that vacations play a different role in the morning of life versus the afternoon of life. And in the morning of life, this is, I think, why we're so passionate about the differences. It isn't bad, but there are different rules. There are different goals. In the morning of life, we live more binary, right? It's either or. It's, it's you're working or you're vacationing. And, you know, it's not really organic. It's not natural to who we are as human beings. In the afternoon of life, vacations take on a less important role. I don't think you and I nearly much as pine as much as like our morning of life kids. Right. for that destination, that spring break, right? You don't talk much anymore about going on spring break um, <laughs> because partially um, you, you, we understand in the afternoon of life that you've got to build this into the natural rhythms of your, of your life and you can't live for someday, right? Someday we'll, be, we'll, we'll, we'll save all this up. We'll save family time up. We'll save all this good stuff up for August, for winter break for these magical destinations, as opposed to, again, there are no ordinary moments, a Tuesday night meal where we actually sit down together for 30 minutes and maybe we more mi we're more mindful, that in some ways is a true vacation. Absolutely. I think the important thing is to understand is we, in order to find that wheel of wholeness, we need to make peace with inaction right? We need to, we need to really sit with what happens in the silence. And I think that's something that you and I do with our clients is not only in the healing and the guiding of old wounds and traumas and all that is that when we make peace with inaction, when we help our clients and ourselves, especially find a, a silent practice. And now again, we've talked a lot about this, like a silent practice doesn't have to mean you get up at 5am and meditate. It can mean that you take a walk in silence or that you eat in silence. There's so many different ways to make peace with inaction and with silence. But what happens is that, and this is part of the wheel is that your emotional and physical, uh, all the feels and all the wounds come up when we make, when we try to make peace with inaction. So it's much easier to be busy 
and wear that badge of, of busyness of that, you know, wear that proudly than to sit with the things that come up when you find peace within action. And so that is the next step is like, really looking at those fresh wounds or those, those old wounds that arise. I know for me, like, I'm going to give you an example. Um, we were on this family vacation. We went to winter park, Colorado. We did a lot of different things. We kept the kids active and busy and, you know, uh, whitewater rafting and bike riding and paddle boarding. And we had a great time. Sunday night came. It was the night before we left. I had moments of inaction and what rose to the surface was, oh my God, we come home and my son, our son leaves for college in a week. And now if you're like me and maybe not my husband, maybe not you, but for me, it was a complete and total breakdown. It was all the feels of, of saying goodbye to our 18 year old who happens to be, you know, very, at a very um, big part of our family. They're all big parts of our family, but he's only going 45 minutes away. But for me, it is a, an enormous life change. It, I feel that midlife crisis kind of thing that everyone talks about. We have three more kids at home. But for me, I made peace with inaction the night before we left for vacation and I had a complete breakdown. And from that breakdown, I've built up. I feel stronger. I'm ready for him to leave. I will probably cry again. But it was, it was this moment where I had silence and I cried my eyes out because that was what my moment was bringing to me. So it's really important to know that your emotions and your physical pain and all of that they need to come to the surface so that you can feel that wellness. It seems like the opposite. You want to push it away, but the emotions need to come to the surface so you can be free of them. They need to be up there and they need to come out. So, you know, coming back to this idea of vacation, it's just interesting. I think most of our vacations are morning of life still, even if we're in the afternoon of life, morning of life rules. I mean, you think about planning like a cruise or just a big vacation or even our trailer. And it's, it's more recreating our way of being now out in the wilderness, right? We filled it with activity. I don't regret it, but I do see it that, you know, the biking and the whitewater rafting and the hiking and the, 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 the all the ings, which our kids really hated all the ings because you actually have to get out of bed and get off your, you know, TV. Um, <laughs> And, but, but did we, you know, does one, not just us, um, truly vacate or are we taking our morning of life way of being out into the woods? And it's a really, it's important to challenge yourself and say that vacating vacation is leaving behind the routines. And if we're just recreating our routines and not making space, not emptying the cup, not feeling our feelings because we're just doing more, is it truly a vacation? Something to challenge ourselves with. Yeah, and, and again, you know, when you and I went alone on a vacation, we had more mom moments of quiet. We did go hiking, the ING, but um, we also did some working, which maybe we shouldn't have, but we also had a lot more moments of reading and resting and relaxing. And it, you know, it depends on your life circumstance and where you are in your world and, but, but, or, and we, I think we all could be challenged to not fill the cup so fast. 
And also, you know, it is an important lesson to teach our children. Their version of, of emptying their cup was hiking and biking. And, you know, would they would be prefer to be in a pool in Hawaii or with their friends or on their phones. So we had to do their version of releasing that cup. I think what you're saying and what I'm saying really is part of this wellness wheel or this wholeness worthiness wheel is about letting go. You know, it's, it's, if when we, when you feel yourself hold on tightly to the reins of your life, are you truly surrendering? How can you release your cup? How can you release that when you're holding on so tightly? And we all have moments when we hold on tighter than, you know, for the entire summer, I was holding on to my kid. And what I recognize is that like, A, he needs to be able to be let go of. And B, I need to surrender to the natural progression of life. The natural progression of life is that my child, I've done a very good job. We've done a very good job of parenting this child. And now we need to let him go into his own world. He's not ours. The hardest thing that I do in my practice when I'm working with moms is saying that your child is not yours. Your child is a, a from the source of the divine. And so part of this releasing our cup and releasing the control is to surrender, surrender into the unknown, surrender into living an authentic life and letting go of what people think, surrender into letting go of per perfectionism, finding more self-compassion. I think that you and I personally, um, I think it's been a summer of that. I think it's been, I think our trailer has taught us that. Um, just a word to the wise, if you want to get a trailer, make sure you're up for it because it teaches you a lot of lessons. I think living in Israel and just living in COVID has taught us, and I think most of the world, how to cultivate a resilient spirit. That's part of letting go, being, you know, being a little powerless and not knowing where life is going to lead you next. Scary. But that is part of the wellness wheel. So I'll just, uh, you know, end on my side by saying you really hit home with this word surrender, because I think, especially in our Western society, especially in our morning of life oriented world, we don't surrender anymore. We control, I mean, I'm in it with you, but everything is about control, the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth, the, you know, everything's kind of be synced and quick and happening. And one thing doesn't work and everything seems to crumble. And you just get to this point where you can recreate that at Mount Rushmore or out in the woods or on Hawaii, that, that, that control. And you can also surrender just by stopping in your kitchen when things are just not working and there's arguments and you're being pulled in 20 directions and you can just stand in that unknown. You can stand in that moment. You can just open your palms and just be present to the moment. There are no ordinary moments. This moment right here, right now is extraordinary. Can I surrender and just be present in it. That's a vacation. That's how you get to this place of wellness. And um, again, it doesn't matter where you go. It matters that intention and that uh, commitment to just opening and surrendering. Yeah. So I think in conclusion, really, you know, I think we started a mac macro and the micro is the word surrender. And I think that is the, the ultimate, like the middle of the wheel, I would put surrender and surrendering means cultivating all these things that we may not know about or are comfortable with, you know, cultivating your intuition and trusting and having faith 
is a, is a lesson in surrender. It's a letting go for that need of, I know what I'm going to eat next. I know what my life is going to look like next. I know where I'm going. If anything, our world has taught us is that we really don't have a lot of control and cultivating a resilient spirit, letting go of numbing, letting go of busyness, cultivating play and rest, letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol, right? Productivity as your self-worth. This month of wellness, this world of wellness, of wholeness, I think is here to teach us how to cultivate calm and stillness and compassion and meaning and laughter and dance and song in our lives. And so with that, if you enjoyed this podcast, we would love for you to leave a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us. It helps us get the word out and grow our audience. And that's our goal is to grow an audience of soul seekers, people to looking to reimagine the afternoon of life, the second half of life as the most important and impactful time of life. So you can learn more about us at mysoulcentered.org. We would love to hear from you. We've got a lot of exciting programs coming up. We won't mention them because then uh, some of them won't be relevant when you are listening, but there's always relevant things whenever you're listening. With that. Namaste, everyone. Have a beautiful August, a beautiful uh, month of wellness. You've been listening to Own Your Power, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and healing in the afternoon of life with your hosts and soul-centered co-founders, Ariella and Baruch Halevi. You've been listening to Own Your Power, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and healing in the after-